Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 71. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having an amazing week. So we have got an awesome guest this week, all the way from New York. It is Jess Jess Ostroff, and she is an author, speaker, and proud director of Calm. Her agency, Don't Panic Management, is the first virtual assistant company to embody a people-first approach to virtual assistant success. She loves making matches between chaotic, overworked entrepreneurs, I can like understand that one, and focused, <laughs> calm virtual assistants. She believes that living a life you love doesn't have to be so hard, and it's a matter of figuring out how to get out your own way. Her new book, Panic Proof, is all about next-level strategies to recruiting a VA and then cultivating a relationship that lasts. In the best scenarios, a virtual assistant can become your right hand, your wand, and your trusted partner. Helping find that perfect match is Jess's goal. So Jess, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me and for that introduction, Jeff. I am really looking forward to this. As I said to you just before we hit the record button is my mastermind group have been talking about virtual assistants and looking for that sort of additional support. So it's really timely for me as well. And I know it's a a lot of questions that get asked from people who send me emails for the show. Before we get started, can you give us a little bit of a background about how you came to this point today? Sure. It's kind of a funny story. I graduated college with a degree in marketing and international business, but I knew I didn't want to go into the traditional, uh, you know, nine to five working behind a desk. I always knew that I didn't want that, but I didn't know what I would do. I didn't have an idea for our company. Uh, I didn't really know anybody that was doing things that I was excited about. So I kind of pivoted from the marketing stuff and did an AmeriCorps program, which is sort of like if you've heard of the Peace Corps, uh, where you go and volunteer for a couple of years, they have an American version of that where you do it for one year and you do it in the States. And so I did that. I was not doing marketing at all. (laughs) I was doing uh, math. I was teaching math and science to eighth graders. And it was in the middle of downtown Los Angeles. And the kids were rowdy and rambunctious. And uh, they all spoke Spanish. And I did not speak Spanish. And it was probably the most difficult year of my life. But it really taught me a lot about hard work and dedication and about the idea that I could do anything. And so once I graduated from that program, I started looking into the next step, which ideally I was interested in the nonprofit world, but I was still interested in sort of, you know, the online marketing space. And this was around the time, so I graduated college in 2008, and 2009 was when I was looking for a job. And so the the U.S. economy had crashed at that point. There were not a lot of jobs. Um, social media was just sort of getting started. Twitter was around, but, you know, it was pretty new. Um, I did get a job at a nonprofit organization doing social media, but there was a lot of red tape and it was really hard for me to get anything done. And I was so ambitious and I was so excited about what I was doing that I 
got very frustrated very quickly. <laughs> and I, I just wanted to be busy and I wanted to be efficient with my time. So I started looking into other things, you know, maybe trying to see if I could do another part-time job on the side or maybe freelance or do something else. And I joined Twitter and saw a tweet from a former internship boss that I had. And he said that he was looking for a virtual assistant. Now, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> a lot of people even today don't know what that is. So, uh, you know, it's it's something that I actually had to Google to figure out what it was. But, you know, I, <laughs> I realized that I could I could probably do this. I, I was really detail oriented. Like I said, I was really interested in, in finding efficient ways to get work done, especially online. And I figured as long as the tasks were things that I could do with my computer and, uh, you know, a, a reliable internet connection, then I would be great at it. And so I started, I, I did get the job, which was kind of a miracle. Um, started working for that client. You may know him. His name is Jay Bear. He's a big, uh, a big name in the digital marketing space today. Um, I was working for him for about ten hours a week, which you know I couldn't quit my job just for ten hours a week, obviously. But he started uh, referring me to people. You know, some of the other business owners that he knew and worked with. And as soon as I had enough money to pay my rent and buy a few groceries, I quit my job. And the rest is history. <laughs> I I started my company and. And, uh, it's just, it's just grown so much. It's, it's unbelievable, you know, where, where we've come today, because it's something that literally I didn't know existed. And, and then it just grew naturally because people really needed the service. And I think, you know, that's what entrepreneurship is all about, right? Is finding a need and filling it, even if you didn't know that the need was there. Yeah. And also, and also it's just, I suppose it's like you, like we talked in the intro, it's that, it's supporting people who have got, and many entrepreneurs are like that, that overwhelmed, that chaotic sort of thing where they've got so many hats they need to wear. Exactly. But they need to manage that in a more, a more effective way to be better use of their time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what was important to me. I didn't need to be, you know, in the spotlight. Ever, I just wanted to help them. And I knew that my attitude toward all of it, it's just so many of the people I worked with were so crazy all the time. You know, they everything they were doing was so important and they were busy, busy, busy running from one thing to the next. And I just wanted to provide at least one reliable, you know, calm thing in their life. And so that was sort of my goal with creating Don't Panic Management was, you know, hopefully you're not too panicked when you come to me, but a lot of our clients are, you know, they're losing their minds and they just need help. And so that's what, you know, I aim to provide is not only the service, you know, the virtual assistant service, but actually that feeling that someone's got your back. Yeah. And do you work with um, people all over the world or how, what sort of, um, what sort of areas do you work with? Is it, is it? Yeah. Um, most of our clients are in the States. Um, we've had some Canadian clients and um, I think we've had a couple of British clients, but we, uh, I think we're just because our assistants are in the States. Uh, usually when people come to us, they want someone who's more like in the same time zone as them and just someone that they can call. And I think that's the primary reason why that's been the case, but, but we're not, you know, we're open to anything. It's, but with, 
you know, there can be some challenges when you're dealing with time zones. So, uh, you know, I think that's one of the things that's, that's useful if you can is to try and find somebody that works with how you work. Yeah. So, yeah. So when you um, when you talked about your book Panic Proof, um, one of the things that you talked about is the the next level strategies to recruiting, and obviously that's the that's one of the big things, isn't it? It's finding the right the right person. Or how would you how would you suggest people go about if they're a little bit nervous about going into this and and letting go of that control to get someone yeah. else to help them? Well, here's the funny thing about that that I've seen is people are are really nervous um, for a number of reasons. One, obviously, it's not somebody that's in your house <laughs> or in your office that you can watch over and make sure they're doing the right thing. You know, that's that's always a concern. But also, uh, I think a lot of people are so used to doing things themselves that relinquishing that control for them is really scary. But yet, the the paradox that I don't really understand about this is that they have all these fears, they have all these nerves, they want to make sure they get it right, but they don't invest the time or the energy in finding the right person. And I believe that any sort of relationship, whether it's a virtual assistant or a full-time employee or anything in between, deserves the same amount of, of attention. And people just aren't doing that. They're not doing the research. You know, they're they're Googling something or posting an ad on Craigslist. And I don't even know. Do you guys have Craigslist? I think so. I, I, like I, I, I personally don't um, don't use that or anything, but I do think it's around. I don't know yeah. whether it's as popular as what it is over in the U.S. Yeah. But I, well, I, you know, sort possibly. of any job board site you can imagine, you know, you're going to get all kinds of things on those sites. And some of them are good and some of them are not. But you really have to do the work to vet them. And a lot of people are not doing that. So I think that if you have a process in place and, you know, I outline one process in my book, but you don't have to do that process. It could be whatever you feel most comfortable with. Um, But just a solid process for not only finding these potentially qualified candidates, but also interviewing them and testing them. You know, if it's something that you're going to need your assistant to do day in and day out, it's important to to make sure that they can do it <laughs> and not just hire them uh, based on their price or based on how you felt about their hairstyle when you did the video interview. You know, it's got to be more objective than that. And I've just seen too many people go into these relationships willy nilly and they're like, well, I liked that person. And it sounded like they did a good job and they don't check their references and they don't do any training. And of course it's a, it's a disaster because they didn't invest the time. Yeah. And also it's you, you, you bring up that good one about the processes. It's about it. Uh, have you found that the strategy is easier to help the VA mm-hmm. understand the process is better because I know there's software like process street and, mm-hmm. and all sorts of different things. And what I've found is with a lot of with a lot of my type of clients is they they're so used to doing it on their own. Mm. The panic then is, is how do I teach these people the way I do it so I can understand the systems or do your VA sort of bring in a, their own systems that may work better? Mm-hmm. How have you found that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, usually it depends, but 
but generally, if you find a good assistant, they will have some experience in things, uh, you know, in the types of work that you that you want. But that's another common mistake that people make is that they assume that the assistant is going to know exactly how they want things done without having to tell them. And that's just not true. That's not true for any relationship. You can't expect someone to read your mind, <laughs> at least not in the beginning. So I think that if you have tasks that you're doing all the time uh, or that your clients are doing all the time, whatever it is, I recommend creating processes for those ongoing even just for yourself, whether it's a, a video training or just a Google Doc or a Word Doc, you know, that has that process. So that way, whenever you're ready to delegate that, you already have it written down. I think that's another thing that that I've noticed when people come to me and they're panicking <laughs> and they don't have time. They, they, well, they say they don't have time to put a process in place. They have a process in their mind. They don't have time to write it down. And I mean, that's okay. You know, we can kind of talk through it and get it out of their brain. And a lot of times we'll do like uh, a, a recorded, so almost like a webinar where they show us how they do something and we record it and then we write down the process for them. But if they had been documenting their processes before they needed the help, they'd be in a much better place when they actually were ready to get help. Um, so I think that it's really good to make sure that you're clear about what you're doing so that you can effectively train and delegate to an assistant. But that being said, a lot of times, like you said, virtual assistants will come with their own experience. And so they might be able to look at your process and say, hey, this is great, but actually I have a more efficient way of doing this. Or, hey, did you know about this tool that could make this process 10 times faster or whatever it is? So I think it's important for you to know what you want and be able to communicate that clearly but also be open to your VA's suggestions because they might have some experience or some ideas of how to make it even better. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. A few years ago, um, I, I was kind of like in that super place of overwhelm. And mm -hmm. one of the things I decided to do was I call it my playbook. So mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a journal that's specifically for sort of strategies or processes within my business. And I document each way I do it. But I love to hear people's different ways of doing it. Because as you say, is, is you may find you're using one system or mm -hmm. platform. But um, And I think an example of mine was I was using something really simple, a to-do list. Mm. But when we started looking at things, I think very quickly the person I was working with used Trello. Mm. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, wow, okay, so we can communicate completely all within this section and I don't yeah. have to get you know so something like that or slack or something right. just allows you just to have that a lot more control that's and great as you say, being aware of the experience and knowledge of the people you're bringing in which ultimately is one the sign of a good leader mm -hmm. you know and two it's it's always realizing that actually your systems aren't always the best mm -hmm. so it's that willingness to develop Right. Especially if you've been in business for a long time and you've just always done things a certain way. And, and sure, it probably works fine, but you may just not know about some new tools or technology that could make your life easier. So, yeah, I agree. It's it's important to have to know what you're doing, yes. <laughs> um, but it's also important to be able to listen to other people's advice. And do you do you have do you personally have a specific sort of project management type tool that you like using? 
Yeah. So my team, uh, I feel like we've gone through like almost every single one that's out there (laughs) between our own testing and working with clients. And so I can't say that I have one that I definitively recommend because I think that there are a lot of different needs that different people have. But Today, we use Asana internally as our project management tool, and I found that uh, the email alerts are really useful, the app is great, Um, the tagging feature, it also integrates um, with a lot of different tools. One of my favorite tools that I've been using is called Loom, where you can basically, you know, record a video explaining something, and that integrates right in Asana. So if I have to leave a, a response or a comment on something, or I need to show someone something really quickly, I can just turn on my loom and, and leave it right there. And that's, that's so it's, you know, when you're busy, you, you take anything you can to make things go a little faster. And Absolutely. so that's been really great. Yeah. yeah. But so, Trello is awesome too. I really like that one. Yeah. Well, it's, it's that thing is, as you say, is, is there's so many out there now mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. and, and some of them do the same things and then, right. you know, so, and it's, it's, it's really, it's it's it you know it's, as you say it's kind of like a minefield just trying to get the right one for you. You can do overwhelm right. <laughs> just trying to get the right task management. Yeah. Um, but I think is is the the interesting thing is is it's it's one that willingness just to try mm-hmm. and see and yes all right you move to another system you've got to learn it and everything else but actually you may find that that's going to help you in so many different ways. Right. And it's right. and it's just having that versatility and that flexibility and that desire to learn new systems. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the biggest thing that I've learned with project management tools in general is that whichever one you pick, you have to commit to using it. It doesn't work if you don't use it or if, or if only you use it and other people on your team don't use it, you know, everyone has to commit to it. Everyone has to use it. And even if you change to another one, you know, you're never going to have success unless everybody's on board. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, brilliant. I mean, that's, that's, tons of information there um and i think is is really it's it's lovely just to get that get a little bit more clarity about how we can find easier ways to make our life easier in running our businesses which is ultimately the aim of the game isn't it Mm-hmm. I hope so. It doesn't have to be so hard. I think I, no. this is something that I, I've learned personally over the years and why I wanted to sort of share my story in the book was because I was making everything really hard, <laughs> you know, not on purpose, but I just thought I had to do it all myself. And I thought that I was capable of it, which technically I was, but I wasn't happy and I wasn't sleeping and I was getting sick and, and that's just not worth it. You know, that's not what life is about. I think that there's something more and we should all, we should all strive for that. And we shouldn't feel guilty or feel bad if we want to ask for help so that we can have a day off, (laughs) you know, in a week. I think a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs work all the time and, and generally it's because they enjoy work. I would say, you know, I feel that way but but that doesn't mean that we don't need a break everyone needs a break and and if you are so worried and you're so involved and you're doing everything yourself then your business can't sleep so you can't take a break and and that is a recipe for disaster yeah and and ultimately what i love about the thing that you said is is you you know you help others figure out how to get out their own way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know and find that perfect match is going to help them be you know more productive get more time off and and living what they love to do which you know ultimately is a cool mission to be on isn't it 
Mm-hmm. I think so. It's so fun uh, so far. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So we are going to hop over to the next part of the show where I get an opportunity to put you on the hot, spe- hot seat, so All to right. speak. And we're going to ask you some questions. So are you ready? I think so. <laughs> don't worry. It's, all, it's, only, it's a friendly interrogation. Okay, Jeff, so don't okay. worry about it. Okay. The first question is, how much time a week do you spend on self-development? Oh, does that include um, like exercising and things like yeah, that? Yeah, fitness, anything that's actually making you better. Yeah, I love that question. Well, I I have been spending more and more time. I get to the gym at least three or four times a week. I have a little workout plan. I'm getting married in the summer, so I'm also trying to tone up a little bit for that. Um, But my workouts are really sort of my meditative zen place. I also have a puppy, and she needs a lot of walks. Um, So I've sort of been forced to slow down and and be with her a little more. And so I would say I I probably spend, you know, maybe 10 hours a week. Cool. Hopefully yeah. on that. Yeah. So the, the, yeah, you aim for that and then hopefully everything just fits into place. Exactly. Based on a busy schedule. Okay. Question number two is what is your favorite personal development book and why? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a personal development book. It's something that's helped you develop in some way. Yes, this is great. I love Pam Slim's book, The Body of Work. I think it's just called Body of Work, not the. And it's it's all about finding, well, your body of work, but but you're actually developing it through the pages of the book. It's almost more like a workbook and really figuring out what you care about and then trying to design a life and a career around that. Um, I think it's a great way to, I mean, I didn't even have to finish it, you know, to kind of get to the core of, of where I, where I, where I feel like I fit. Um, for me, it's still a journey. I haven't gotten there yet, but, but to put some clarity and put some goals around what I really want out of my life, uh, that book has been really helpful for me. Brilliant. Cool. Okay. So we'll put the link on the show notes for that. Okay. Question number three is what's your favorite app? Oh, man. I really like looking at the weather. <laughs> <laughs> well, based in so, New York at the minute with the snow bombers here, I'm not surprised. I know. I think that that is uh, – I use Dark Sky, but I also use Weather Underground, and I also okay. use um, like a, like a radar app. <laughs> okay. You, you and my nerdy. wife would get on extremely well because that's what my wife does. She just oh, looks really? for the weather. Yeah, absolutely. I don't always understand what I'm looking at, but I find it really fun. And in Dark Sky, one of my favorite features that they have is if you go to the search part of the app, it'll say interesting storm in wherever. And, and you can click on that storm and like watch it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's it's fun. Okay. <laughs> I remember I don't know why we, that just came to mind. I don't know. Maybe it's not my favorite. Hey, but it's, 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 you know, each to their own. They're a personal <laughs> thing. And one of those weather radars are really interesting because we went on holiday in the south of England and it rained oh. all the time. Oh. So we were literally, my wife was there with the weather radar looking yeah. for the rain and trying to pick a place that was somewhere between the rain spots on the radar. Oh. So, you know, well, that's what I do for my dog thing. walks too. Like yeah. it, it'll tell you rain starting in 20 minutes. So I'm like, yeah. I got to go for a walk right yeah. now. Stick the trainers <laughs> on, we're off. <laughs> okay, cool. Question number four is what's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? 
Oh man, that's a great question. Um, so as you know, I, I talk a lot about like staffing and HR issues because I run a virtual assistant company and I learned a lot about that because my biggest mistake was not really vetting a person that I hired a number of years ago. And it turned out that she was really not who she said she was. She didn't have the skills that she interviewed for. She was very personable um, and very good at at uh, massaging the truth, <laughs> I should say. But uh, she really, she didn't have it. And it, it was a very costly mistake for me um, because it was my first big investment in hiring somebody. Um, I had hired you know, smaller part-time people before, but I had never hired a full-time person and, and it was terrible. So I, I learned, that's where I kind of learned how to create a hiring process. And I learned why it was so important because I had gone through that experience myself of hiring the wrong person. And since then, you know, I, I can't say I've been perfect, but I do follow my process. And if I get a bad feeling about somebody, I listen to it. And even if they do a great job, you know, in their test materials and in their interview, I, I always listen, I always look at it from a holistic perspective. Um, you know, not just the objective, but the subjective and, um, yeah, yeah, definitely learned a lot. (laughs) Okay. So question number five is what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? Um, as we were talking about before, I think, uh, a, a blessing and a curse of being an entrepreneur is that you love to work and that has been, there's, there's never an end to my to-do list. So I could keep working. I could not stop. Um, but I think, you know, being in a relationship with another be- human being, <laughs> which I am now, has really helped because he kind of forces me to stop and he sees, you know, I get this crazy look in my eyes when I am, you know, overwhelmed. And I start going cross-eyed from looking at the computer for too long and he helps me take a break. Um, I've also just kind of started to to get more hobbies. I think part of when I was young and I was working all the time, I that's all I did, you know, and that's all I had. So now, you know, with, with with, I have my my gym buddies that I go to the gym with. I I play the oboe. Fun fact, um, and I play in a concert band with the with with my oboe and. Um, you know, things like that give me a reason and and kind of put some boundaries around my schedule so that I have to stop. You know, I have to stop and go to rehearsal or I have to stop and get to this gym class or whatever it is. And that that's really been helpful. And I've noticed that also having those things um, allows me some time. I think that time away from your work is when some of your best ideas come out. And so once I started to learn that, I, I started putting more weight. And I think so it, now it's just prioritizing it. You know, I put in my calendar. Everything is in my calendar. <laughs> um, if it's not in my calendar, it's not going to happen. And so, uh, you know, it's it's been really useful to, to block out that personal time as well. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an added benefit of having a life partner. Is, exactly. um, is is uh, just looking at their facial expressions to know if you're in the good place or you need to stop. Right. I think. Exactly. <laughs> so I know I've been, I've been, I've been, I've, I've been with my wife since I was 17. So it's, wow. it's 20, God, 25 years, I think almost. That's amazing. So Congratulations. It's, it's, yeah. Thank you. I don't know whether she feels the same, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but it is, it's amazing. You just know those subtle those subtle changes in tonality or something you go yeah. okay 
the pen and the laptop is getting switched off. Everything's yep. fine in the yep. world. <laughs> <laughs> One time I came back to my computer after the gym and there was a, a handwritten sign on my on my computer and it said, Don't panic is closed. <laughs> and it was from him. Like he just yeah. taped a piece of paper to my computer and I was like, Okay. I like that. Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. It's my wife would just shut the machine down. There you go. That's good enough. Okay, next question is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Oh, I would say unless you are actually doing brain surgery, (laughs) just remember that you are not doing brain surgery and that nobody's going to live or die based on your work. You know, sometimes I think I put way too much emphasis on the things that I was doing. And if I made a mistake or if something didn't go my way, I got so upset and it's just not worth it. You know, Mm. you can feel a feeling, but move on and just do better next time and put a process in place to make sure that that doesn't happen again, but don't dwell too much on the issues. Yeah. And it's a it's a com it's a, it's a real common thing as well. I know um, a lot of the people I speak to this this crazy amount of pressure that we put ourselves under, mm-hmm. and uh, you know for results or demand that we do the work, and you know there's the important elements to doing that. But actually, if we just stop for a second and actually put it in its real perspective, perspective, you're going to be okay. You know, you're going to be okay. Yeah, right. The sun will the sun will rise tomorrow. Yeah, and you can whether do that, you like it but or not. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's <laughs> it, that's that thing, isn't it? It's just be a little bit more realistic, even though you're on a mission. Right. You know, sometimes right. you've just got to go. Whoa, you know, and back back off just a tiny bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Get some perspective. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Question number seven is: What is your definition of success? Well, I've been asking myself this a lot uh, with this particular book launch because it's been so hard <laughs> and and it just, even before I launched, it felt like a failure um, because it just didn't feel like things were going, you know, same thing. It didn't feel like things were going the way I wanted them to go. Um, and so I had to sort of define, well, what is a success for me for this book? And, and I realized that for me, it's, it's about people talking about this topic, which we are right now, uh, learning more about it, not having these common misconceptions that a lot of people have and, and coming to me as a valued resource, you know, in the space, there's a lot of, there are a lot of people that are experts in virtual assistants and working with virtual assistants. And I would like to be one of them. I think it will, it will take time. Um, but, but that to me is success. And, and then for me as a business owner and as a human, um, I always want to, I want people to know me as a, a kind and helpful person. I think there, there's a lot of chatter, especially in social media and in the marketing and business world um, that goes on <laughs> behind the scenes. And I don't mind people talking behind my back, but I want them to just always say nice things. <laughs> yes, <absolutely. laughs> That is my yeah. definition of success. If people come to me from a, a referral because someone said something nice about me, that's a success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. Okay, so question number eight is, do you have any morning routines to get you prepped for the day ahead? Oh, I've been trying. I've really been trying. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> in an ideal world, I would. Um, but my morning routine sort of lasts like three hours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, at some point, there's coffee. At some point, there's I have like a, a shake in the morning. And I usually put my little turmeric tonic in there as well. Um, and then I try to exercise and I'm really just not a morning person. So if okay. I feel good, I will exercise. But if I don't feel good, I'll go in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I don't, so really it depends on, it depends on the wind. Yes. Really. And which side it? of the yeah. bed I woke up yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Question number nine is the life lesson question. So you pick a number between one and 50 and it lands on a lesson that I've sort of come up with since recovering from a long-term illness and starting my own business and sort of just generally living with a very different perspective. So okay. any number between one and 50, we can talk about it. Um, it's okay to disagree with it because obviously it's a life lesson, but we just sort of discuss it and see what comes up. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with 22. 22 is journaling and the art of reflection. Hmm. So really what it for me is, is I've found journaling an extremely useful strategy, not only for being cathartic and sort of getting my getting whatever busyness is going on in my head, but also as a way to sort of map out my progress and use it as a way to give my feedback. And I found that by using the reflection and the journaling process, it's been extremely useful for me in my own personal development. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering what you thought. It's funny that we got this one. I, ever since I was, I don't know, six, maybe eight, um, have kept a journal and I have them all, you know, some of them have like Mickey Mouse on them. <laughs> some of them have like the Backstreet Boys. Um, it's funny to see the progression over the years. And uh, I stopped for some reason. I don't know why. I think I stopped sometime after college. And then all of a sudden, it was like this whole thing about journaling and morning pages. And it was like a movement, you know, of people uh, talking about how great it is. Um, and I never that's I don't know why I did I guess I was always kind of a writer. Um, but but I didn't but then I was re I was I was reluctant to pick it back up because I didn't want it to be um, a fad. You know, I didn't want to be doing it because, uh, you know, because everybody else was doing it or because of something I was supposed to do. And so um, I'm also <laughs> I also sometimes feel like I have so much that I'm afraid if I start writing, I won't stop. <laughs> but that's a lot of that got translated into the book. You'll see some stories and things that I did. Now I, I'm more of a uh, a list maker, and and a lot of times my goals and my things that I'm doing come out in those lists, and I write notes around them. Um, but I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't have that practice back yet for whatever reason, but I did for the first, you know, I don't know, 15 years of my life at least, or, you know, from eight on. Um, so it's funny how that, that changes. It's interesting. Cause my, my, my sister used to, um, I've got three sisters, but my, the sister, my sister and me used to, and, um, for a long time, even into my adulthood, that's what I always thought journaling was about. 
Mm. I thought journaling was, you know, teenage girl writing <laughs> about. And my mission as a big brother was to find said document. Oh yes, and 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 be able to emotionally blackmail my sister <laughs> um, into whatever I possibly I'm could. I'm so glad I didn't have out. an older brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would ransack that room when she was out to try and find this journal, oh, but and so I never funny. really found it. Um, Because I had visions of me ripping the pages out and sticking on the windows or giving it to my friends or something to have a read. Right, right. But but it was as I came, as I came through my illness, for me, it was a, it was, it was a therapeutic process. Right. So it was just that way to dump. But then that metamorphosized into actually just being able to get what's in my head good, bad, ugly, whatever, mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. get it out of my head and for me to be able to process it. Because I think one of the biggest issues from a guy's point of view was I don't, you know, I always say I took the caveman approach. I didn't talk about anything. Yeah, so, you know, common. yeah. So it's by writing it down, it allowed me just to go, okay, what do I think about that? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a process that I found extremely useful. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. There is, there are, it is, in some ways it is a, it is the thing to do now. Mm-hmm. But that's but because it, it works. Yes. Yeah. And also <laughs> right? it's finding the right, it's finding the right one. Cause I think I initially used to use five, five, five minute planner. I think it was, okay. Mm-hmm. I think it was called, I now use something called the best, best self planner. Mm. Okay. And it's because it's set out. So it's Got not it. a lot. It's not a long winded one. I used um, one day journal for that on my computer. Mm. But for sort of my daily planning and daily thoughts and gratitude and everything else, mm. it just it goes in that. And it's just a way to capture. Right. And that's why I found. But if someone had asked me when I was younger to do it, I would have just looked at them, laughed and thought they were crazy. But, you know, <laughs> it's one of those weird things, isn't it? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, you're inspiring me there. The, the, the planner that I have now, um, does have a little bit of that too. You know, what, what's my one goal for today? And then Mm. you get to check off whether you did it. And then it's got a sort of a weekly reflection. What am I grateful for this past week? What can I do better next week? So it it does have a little bit of that built in. Um, but there, what you said about it being therapeutic and kind of dealing with things i i'm not very good at talking about my feelings either <laughs> so sometimes yeah. writing yeah. it down you know you got to get it out somehow or yeah. else you end up you know yelling at your spouse or something which is yeah. usually what i do <laughs> yeah, yeah it's 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 that it's it well and cuz that's what that's that thing isn't it it's just it's not about it's not about trying to set the world to rights it's just mm-hmm. about i just need to get this as, and I think for me, is this the the golden rule is is whatever you write, the last bit is is you're looking at a solution. Mm, mm. Yeah, don't that's great. Just, don't just go life's crap mm-hmm. and you know buy switch it off and then do it. When you do it, look for what are the solutions. What do I? What have I found that can help me not do this again or right. whatever? So end on a positive. Mm, that's great. I love it. Okay, so now the floor is yours. How can we find out about your amazing book? And, you know, where do we find more about you, more about what you do, if people want to sort of connect and look for more great stuff about VA stuff? Yeah, well, my company is called Don't Panic Management. Um, if you Google that, we should be the first result, don'tpanicmgmt.com. Um, you can buy my book at panicproofbook.com. 
jessostroff.com, which will take you to my website, which is jessostroff.com. And you can buy the book there on Amazon. It should be available worldwide, uh, which is exciting. But of course, if it's not, let me know. I'm on social media. Um, my, my, probably my most active channels are Facebook and Instagram, but I also use Twitter, uh, from time to time. And I am at Jess Ostroff there. So feel free to ask me anything, ask me any questions about virtual assistants. Um, you could talk about puppies if you want, you know, <laughs> journaling habits, it's all, it's all fair game. <laughs> and, and that's the interesting thing is what does it feel like to have your book international? Oh man, it you know, like I said, it. I I wrote this book in July in eight days, basically, and then it went into editing in August, and then I was doing rewrites in September, and then it was going into sort of final editing mode in October and November, and then in December I set it up on Amazon and everything, and I. Um, was making the final changes up until like, about two weeks ago, and then I turned it on. So it kind of was such a whirlwind that I didn't, I, I saw it kind of, but I didn't feel like it was actually going to happen. And now I've, I actually just got a box of books that I'm bringing to my launch party, and it even, I have this book right next to me right now, and I'm holding it, and it, it's it doesn't feel like I did that. <laughs> so right now I think I'm still in a little bit of shock, <laughs> but, but I think I'll feel, I'll feel better soon. You know, people I've, I've sent out a few advanced copies. Um, people have been reading it, you know, it's all people I know. <laughs> They've said really nice things to me probably because they're my friends, but you know, I hope that, uh, people that I don't know, pick it up and get some value out of it. You know, it's, it's not the only book about virtual assistants. Um, I mentioned some other books in my book that are, are also really good resources that I recommend. And I think if you are interested in this topic, you know, read them, skim them. You don't have to, you know, invest too much time, but pick out what you like, you know, from all of them and make your own process and find your own right person. I think that's the best thing that we can do. No, that's cool. I've I've just written after several years of procrastinating, I wrote my first draft last week. Wow, congratulations. Um, yeah, and now I'm in the first draft edit. Wow. But this has been the longest week of my life. <laughs> I'm sure. It is, it is absolutely crazy, but it's yeah. it is, it's that it's it's constantly looking at what's next. Right. You know, and right. it's, and I you know, I admire anyone that's got to the point you've got it to. So, you know, congratulations because yeah. it's I'm sure it's not been an easy journey. <laughs> no, for you. not at all. <laughs> Well, it, 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 it leaves this final thing just to say thank you so much for joining me on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes, it's been so great chatting with you. And if you're ever in the States, you let me know. I Well, it's a big goal of mine to get to New York because I've never been to New York yet. Oh, um, well, everyone has to go to New York. I know. Well, that's, that's what my <laughs> wife and I keep saying. So it's um, it's definitely the something that we want to do. So absolutely, it'll be uh, awesome to to meet up. But wishing you the greatest success and best of luck with your book as well. Thank you so much. Have a great day. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know that you're out there listening. 
and it's great to have the emails that I get from you with suggestions about the show and what you think about the show that's really nice really does help me make the show even better if you'd like to find out more about me and the types of services I offer or my social media links then please visit www.jeffnicholson.uk you can also join us on the Facebook page. Just search for Success IQ Podcast. And that's a new page that we've put up that I'm trying to grow and develop. So you can tune in and find us on other stations such as Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and of course, iTunes. And if you have the time, it would be great if you could pop over there, leave a rating, leave a review, because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm really looking for. So just to say, I hope you have a fantastic week. I wish you the greatest success and I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care.